If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One play. If the Bucks make one play, they walk out of the game in Cleveland with a victory, their third in a row. They would be six and five. And it came down to just an unbelievable catch, a one-handed catch by David Njuko, the 12-yard TD pass from Jacoby Brissett with 32 seconds left in regulation. That sent the game eventually into overtime where the Bucks lose to the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, 23-17. to Steve, there are there are no good losses in football. Let's just agree that, you know, a loss is a loss and, and in the NFL it always feels like you're not gonna win again when you lose, and when you win, it feels like you may never lose again. That said, Bucks coming off the bye week trying to build a little momentum. They didn't play well, to say the least. They didn't score because they only had seventeen points at the end of the game. But the game was there to be won. And they couldn't get it done in overtime either. And we're going to talk about some horrible game mismanagement by Todd Bowles, who who's answered to it by you know shoving two timeouts in his pocket at the end of regulation made even less sense than the fact he did it. I don't know where to start with this game. Um, you know, I think that the great the great deodorant is winning, and if they had won, a lot of the a lot of things may have been overlooked. But the fact of the matter is. This team got worse, and by a large degree, because they could have lost their right tackle, Tristan Wirfs, who was hurt in overtime, an overtime that they should have never played. And that was one thing Mike Evans said. He goes, you know what I was thinking out there is exactly that. We, we're going to lose a guy like Tristan Wirfs when we shouldn't even be here right now. You know, we should, we should be in the locker room, not in overtime. So... I don't know. There's there's so much to unpack, but I guess the, the my my biggest takeaway is this. Forget Germany. Okay? Forget Dallas. Those two games are the aberrations. That's not who the Bucks are. You know who they are? They're the team that you saw out on the field on Sunday. They're the team that scores 17 points a game. They're the team that on defense can't close out a game. And they have a quarterback you know, who is missing throws, quite frankly, and gets very annoyed when other guys make mistakes, which is understandable, but, like, he's not perfect either. This is the thing. And I just, they may win the NFC South. I don't know. They may not have to win another game the way the South is being played right now. And they've got the Saints coming up on a Monday night, and then they go fairly quickly out to San Francisco the next Sunday, actually leave Friday. But... This is all bad right now. Like there's a there's a bad Vimojo vibe. Everything that you thought that was good about Germany, and there was a lot, they couldn't carry it over. They didn't carry it over. There was no momentum at all. And like I said, 
if they walk out of there with a 17 to 10 win, everybody goes, yeah, well, you know, Browns won very good game, but oh, well, they won three in a row. But that would have just been delaying the inevitable, which is there's no signs that this team is going to get out of its funk offensively. Just none. Yeah, it was disappointing to see the just the lack of continuity. I mean, and it started okay. I mean, Rashad White started had some great. big runs. Yeah. yeah, second play, second time he touched mm-hmm. the ball, 35 yards. Yeah, I mean, and you were like, okay, this is what we want to see. Yeah. Uh, and there's just no consistency to it. Nope. Uh, the defense gave up the early score. Mm-hmm. Then played well most of the game, and then again late can't get a stop when you need it, and, and which has been the whole thing all year. It has been, and 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 again, if the offense scores a little more, which it should based on the talent level and particularly yep. who your quarterback is, doesn't come down to that. Then the defense, you know, the defense gave up enough, uh, you know, held them to low enough points where you should win the game most of the time. Well, but, after, but when yeah. the time comes, they couldn't get the big stop. Can't get the big stop now after the you know. You mentioned that Cleveland took and they won the coin toss and won the ball, which is not what happens in the NFL. Most teams will defer because they try to steal a possession at the end of the first half, knowing they're going to get the ball to start the second half. Nah, not the Browns. The Browns have every reason to get the ball, and they showed why. They came out. They had a plan. Uh, they took it right down the field, and for the sixth game, they scored an opening drive touchdown. That's hard to do. Six games now. Listen, the Browns' offense is a handful. And I don't know what Deshaun Watson is going to bring to the Browns. I think he's probably a better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett. But let me just tell you, man, they got weapons all over the place. I mean, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt can run the football. That offensive line can block. They are big and they move you. And then you've got Omari Cooper out there, right, who's still a beast. And they didn't cover him in Dallas and they didn't cover him in Cleveland. So they haven't covered him the last two years. But They've they've got some talent, man. Like they've they've got, as Matt Baker would say, they've got some dudes. And I thought Brissett played well. Um, you know, the Bucks sacked them four times. A couple times he got caught holding the ball a little bit. I thought that they got a little out of rhythm and started you know started throwing it a little more than they should have instead of keep 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 to the ground. Um, but it's not don't you know it's not a horrible. Cleveland Browns team, they have a bad record, but I, I don't think the Bucks took them lightly. I just think they got it taken to them. And, and yet, and yet, one play. One play, fourth and, 12, fourth and 10 at the 12, and you go home a winner, and you've won three in a row, and everybody goes, yeah, sloppy game, bad game. Oh, well, who's next? Right? That's the nature of the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Wash and clear. And instead, you had Tom Brady standing up on the podium again, as he has done all season long. And this time, it kind of resonated with me. He goes, yeah, 17 points, not going to win many games. You know what? Same as every, every week, same thing. Nothing changes. Bad on third down, bad in red. Like, he, he has this sort of default now. He is so annoyed with what's going on, on or not going on on offense. And it, it would be funny if it wasn't for the fact that he's not playing well either. He's missing throws too. You know, he had Mike Evans wide ass open and missed him for a touchdown. Um, Mike Evans was targeted nine times. Nine. Okay? He had two catches. That's it. Got an offensive pass interference penalty. Um, you know, uh, looked like one he didn't run through. And and then, you know, Tom Tom missed him a whole bunch. 
and and he's been missing th- some throws here and there. So he's not perfect himself. But now, the scariest thing about it is what is going to be the status of Tristan Wirfs? How do you go forward with as bad as this offense is if you lose your all-pro right tackle, right? And Josh Wells is going to have to play again. Didn't we see enough of Josh Wells, um, you know, in a, in uh, the playoff game against the Rams a year ago? This is bad. But if you're looking to cling to some hope, I got it for you. So after the game, you know, Fox wouldn't even show the replay. They said it was too gruesome. So I'm thinking this guy's got like a compound fracture. He's got like this is a broken leg, right? In minimum mm-hmm. or worse. And they cart him off. Then you'll get carted off many fields in the NFL, especially the big guys. The big guys like, oh, screw it. I'm going to walk off or limp off or whatever I got to do. They don't like being carted. They carted Tristan. But then when we got in the locker room, man, no trainers around him. He'd already been examined, checked out. He's walking funny, and he can't put any weight on the leg. Um, so he's kind of stiff-legged that way. Um, but the x-rays were negative, man. He didn't break it. You know, and in some ways, maybe it'd be better if there was a small fracture that could heal in four weeks. But um, now they have to check the MRI and check and see if there's any lig- ligament damage and stuff. But overall, I was expecting like, okay, they're going to they're go down here and they're going to say, Worfs is out for the year. And that's not that's not what happened. Yeah, I mean, that is... We already know how the offensive line has struggled this year. And mm-hmm. we know a lot of the reasons. I mean, Ryan Jensen getting hurt, Ali Marpet retiring, Alex Kappa heading to Cincinnati, lose Rob Gronkowski, a tremendous blocking tight end, too. Yeah. You know, all that stuff has gone on. To lose Tristan Wirfs would be the biggest loss on that line. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he is, as you say, he plays the way he's played the beginning of his career. He's going to get fitted for a gold jacket if he plays long enough. Yeah, he will. I mean, he's that good. He's that yeah. good. Mm-hmm. That if he's down for some time here, that's going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, the offense already isn't producing. And Tom right. Brady, we see, not only is he not playing great at times, he's bailing awful quick on throws. He's he's getting rid of that ball like a hot potato at times, mm-hmm. and he doesn't let things develop down the field. And then mm-hmm. when he did get some things down the field off play action, he missed them. He just missed the throws. I mean, I go back to you, you need one more score, basically, in this game mm-hmm. to put Cleveland away. If it's a two-score game, they ain't coming back. doesn't matter what the tight end does in, in the red zone. It's over. And they couldn't get it. And you know what? A couple of things, and we'll get into this. I want to get into this in just a minute with uh, – you know, sort of with Todd Bowles and stuff, because I thought he missed some opportunities, and I, I, I thought he was very unaggressive um, as a coach in some situations where he should have been aggressive. And I'll tell you what I mean by that in just a minute. First, we want to remind you guys, uh, if your electric bill is soaring, we have a solution for you. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years so a lot of these companies out here, but May Electric is committed to you and for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That right there is the main difference. If you visit their Hutchins showroom, May Electric displays all its products. They conduct on-site testing so you can see exactly what they're installing. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. Uh, you know who's doing the job. All those guys up on the roof there, That's those are Billy May's guys. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 
800-242-8862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your life and that of your appliances as well. May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. All right, so even with all that went on in this game, and a lot went on, okay, the defense, again, not being able to close it out as they have failed to do so many times this year. And, you know, sort of letting, you know, letting Cleveland drive down there um, to get to position on fourth down where they could, you know, they could kick a field goal. Or, or, or sorry, score a touchdown and, and, and send it in overtime. So they don't, they're not closing out games. And that's that's an issue, Right. But one play doesn't make a game. And Devin White beat himself up, you know, for not getting the ball out of, um, you know, in, in, in Joko's, you know, hands when, when he made the play. But I thought he had good coverage. I just think you chalk it up to a great play. It's a great play, play by a, a guy that makes good plays. And it's a one-handed catch back in the end zone. But what really was upsetting, I think, if you're a Bucks fan, and, and my Twitter feed is blowing up tonight because Todd Bowles once the Cleveland Browns you know got uh within scoring range and what I mean by that is I get they get the big play and the big run and they're inside like the 10 yard line you know or that they're at the 12 yard line and it's about two minutes to go one of two things is going to happen okay they're going to score a touchdown and tie the game all right or they're not, and you're going to win 17-10. Those are the only two outcomes, right, once they got down there. So you're at the two-minute warning, and the Bucks have three timeouts. It's easy to say now, and there might be some good reasons for, for not calling timeout, but at the end of the day, what you did was stuff them in your pocket, and they do you no good at all. So once they do score the touchdown, there's only 32 seconds let, left, and guess what? You've got the greatest, uh, you know, fourth quarter, greatest game-winning drive quarterback in NFL history. And what does he do? He gets the ball. He's only got, at this point, like 30, what, 32 seconds or whatever. He gets the ball, and he hits a big ball to Julio Jones. You need like 10 to 15 more yards. That's it. But there's eight seconds left. Eight. You know? And and you just don't have time to make a play, you know. And, and when we when we asked Bowles about it, he simply was like, "Yeah, well, we made the one play to Julio, but we just we weren't going to get it down there anyway. That that game was headed to overtime. Like, no, it wasn't. It really wasn't, man. Like, you let you let it go to overtime. And I suppose you could argue, well." If we start calling timeouts down there, then they get to huddle up and they get to, you know, there's no pressure on them, you know, as far as having to come up with a quick decision and score because you knew they had to score. Um, But, like I said, there's only two outcomes at that point. Once they got the first down at the 12-yard line, they're going to score a touchdown and you're going to overtime with very little time at all if you don't try to call timeouts. Uh, Or they don't score and you win anyway. And And, you know, that's fine. But you can't stuff them in your pocket. You just can't. Like, that makes no sense to me. Like, there's so much mismanagement there. It's just not even funny. Yeah, I I, I don't. I mean, why do you have Tom Brady as your quarterback? 
to win games. For moments like that. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. don't you want the ball in his hands? I mean, even if you even if if he threw a pick or a pick six and you lost the game, mm-hmm. wouldn't you rather live with losing it because Tom Brady did that than taking your chances in overtime? Yeah. Especially with the way you played on offense, you've scored a total of 1 7 points in the entire game. Well, to me, it just shows that Todd Bowles has no confidence in that offense. Right. No, I, and I think he turtled, and to your point, I think he turtled a few times. Look, they were in the, I think it was the third or fourth quarter, and they needed one more score. If you'd had a two-score lead in this game, I think it's over. And, in fact, by definition, it would have been because the time ran out. But they had fourth and two, I want to say, at about the, I don't know, 40-something yard line. Mm-hmm. And you could have easily gone for it there or... And this would have been maybe a little out of his range, but you could have attempted a 55-yard field goal. They didn't either. They punted the ball. Like, that was the most uninspiring decision of all. And even though this was one of the few that they actually didn't roll in the end zone for a touchback, they downed it at the five. Still, man, like, you can end the game with another score. You know, as a, as a coach, don't, don't you need to be a little more aggressive if your team is struggling scoring points? What's the mentality over here? You know, like, well, we can't score many points. But we're going to win 17-10. Like, it's just like the wrong decision. You know, like you, you need to have kind of a go for you, the juggler. Um, I, I remember Todd Bowles telling me in the preseason that he wants to, he wants to, to uh, take your head off. Like, he, he looks very calm and, you know, his demeanor is sort of placid. But he goes, but inside, man, there's a fire like you can't believe. I want to, I want to rip your head off. I didn't see that in this game. We've, I didn't de- see we've definitely gone away from no risk it, no biscuit. <laughs> yeah, there's there are no biscuits, okay? <laughs> like, I mean, IHOP is closed, dude. Like, there, there ain't no biscuits in this town. That's it. Bob Evans, you won't find them anywhere. Certainly won't find them at, at, at one buck place. I mean, it's incredible to me, you know, when given a chance to just stay aggressive, man. You know, and that that goes back to calling timeouts. Like that's an aggressive thing to do too. That's a, that's not the oh if I call timeout it means I don't have any confidence in my defense. No, that's if, you know, if we need them to come back if they score here, we're gonna leave ourselves enough time to get back in field goal range because I don't know, you've got the greatest quarterback of all time with fifty five or so, come comeback wins, in his career and and somehow you thought, eh, let's go to overtime. I'm telling you, man, it was disappointing. And there's no one in that locker room that was happy, and that's that's an understatement. And yet, here they are, still in first place somehow, some way. But the way they're playing, and this is the question I'll ask you, Steve, because I, I feel I don't really want to have an opinion on this because I cover the team. John Romano can write that he chooses. Other people have written this. But the two aberration games are Dallas and Germany, you know, against Seattle. At what point is enough? Right, like if you're going to make a change at offensive coordinator, you probably should have done it during the bye week. Well, they won in Germany, and so they I, they didn't change anything, presumably. But like, if you're all in for Tom Brady, and it just ain't working, and you're scoring 17 a game, man. And I asked Byron this on Friday, or I guess it was Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. Like, did you ever get tired of the noise? Like, he's like, no. You know who my mentor is? It's Bruce Bruce Arians. He said, you know, 
ever since I got cut by Jacksonville, that was the worst day of my life, but I, I don't worry about it. But he should start worrying about it because it looked like, okay, he cheated the hangman a little bit in Germany, but now now everything you saw, and even Brady afterwards was like, yep, same stuff, man. You know, 17 points, not enough. You know, we still do this, we do this, this, and this. I would be really nervous if I was Byron Leftwich. And again, I don't I haven't had the first conversation. I know that Todd is extremely loyal to him, maybe to a fault. Bruce Arians thinks, you know, he hangs the moon. Um, but if there's anyone on that staff that can put together a game plan better than the one we've seen that's producing 17 points a game, they need to find that guy. Well, that, that's the is question it. is, is there anyone on staff? If you make that change, I mean, that's this is what organizations and coaches have to decide, is if Todd Bowles says the offense isn't good enough and we need to make a change. Is there anyone on staff you think that if they take over, it gets better immediately? If Clyde Christensen took over, is it better? If you name the coach, it doesn't matter. Or on the defensive side, if you want to make a change. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't matter the team, the whatever. If I make a change, what's going to improve? If the answer is nothing, we are what we are, this is our personnel, this is what we've done, then you don't make a change. If you think it could get better, then I think as a team that's five and six but in first place and and still has an, an inside track to host a playoff game, then you have to make that change. But, you know, that's a that's a question that Todd Bowles, Bruce Arians, Jason Light, they have to answer is, is there someone on staff that if we make that change, it's going to get better? I mean, Barians always talks up Thad Lewis. You know, he was a quarterback mm-hmm. at Duke. He really loves him. He thinks he's going to be a bright guy, much like Byron. So if you're going to make that move, you could do it with that. Uh, you can go to Harold, um, you know, mm-hmm. Goodwin if you want to, although he hasn't really called plays, but he's a run game coordinator. You could go that route. Um, you know, there's there's not a lot of – you're right. But, I mean, but a, lot a lot of those guys options. a lot of those guys have been learned under – Bruce, Byron, Mm -hmm. tutored by them, mentored by them. Mm -hmm. If you go to them, is it going to be different? I don't have the answer. answer. I mean, sure, it's going to be someone calling different, you know, the plays. So it could be different. But, I mean, do you think it's going to be drastically different to where it warrants a change? Um, I I don't have the answer to that. I mean, that's a a question that. It's a a rhetorical question, and I'm not sure I know either. You know, I, I know what Byron thinks, and he doesn't he doesn't think about it. I'm like, he's just kind of like oblivious. He's like, you know, I got, I got cut one time from Jacksonville and that was the worst day of my life. And then since then, you know, cause I, don't, I, don't I think, think in the moment it. you can't think about that. No, you're I too mean, busy. All you're thinking Try. about is how do I, how do I make this better? How do I get third and one? Yeah. I mean, you know, he's played before he knows if you're going to get cut, you're going to get cut. It's the part of the business, right? Yeah. You just gotta, you gotta keep trying to do the best job you can do. If you start worrying about that stuff, then you, your eyes, you're not focused on what you need to focus on. Right. Right. And yet, there, you know, there's some signs like, I, I go back to this. If I told you, you didn't know you didn't know the team, but I said, well, they got Mike Evans. Uh, oh, and by the way, Chris Godwin's look starting to look more like Chris Godwin, isn't he? Yes. Got a 100-yard game. Mm-hmm. Making combat catches, explosive after the catch, things that we haven't seen in a year. Makes sense, right? You're halfway through a season, so... Mm-hmm. Um, which is really good, but like if I told you you got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, okay, all right, you lost Gronk, right? But this rookie tight end's okay, and you still got Cam Brate. Oh, and you got a pretty good running back in Rashad White and 
you know, playoff Lenny, Lenny Fournette, if you, if you, if he's healthy. Um, Julio Jones is another receiver you have to go with, you know, all the other guys, Scotty Miller, Bashad Perry. Like I told you, oh, you got Tom Brady. You got Tom Brady. Like, what else do you need to score points, man? I mean, yeah, offensive line play is a big part of it. I think that's, I think the whole season can be summed up right there. O line. I, I, what's the biggest difference? Oh, it's the O line. No I mean, question. You know, the de- the defense, to be honest, is is playing at a level where they're not giving up. They're, they're not, not giving, giving out an egregious amount of points. No, they're not. I mean, you know, you should have you should have been able to score enough points to win that game today. Right. Sure. You needed eighteen. Yeah. What has changed is the blocking, and Tom Brady's even quicker getting rid of the ball. Because he yeah. doesn't trust the block. You he can see he, trust ha- him. he does not trust anything no, in front of him. No, no. And, and you know, whether that's on him, whether it's on the offensive. I mean, like, uh, we talked about this last week. Jensen, Marpet, Kappa, Gronk. Now worse. Now worse. And Godwin was a big part of your blocking, too. Now he's he starting was. to finally look better. But, I mean, yeah. all that you lost from last year. And now if Worfs is gone for a while. Yeah, they're in trouble. And, oh, by the way. Donovan Smith, less than inspiring job against Miles Garrett. Who look, Miles Garrett is a tremendous player, and he had a tremendous game. He had a sack and a half. He had like three or four quarterback hits. Uh, you know, he was in Brady's fa- face all day. But it's just the effort, man. Like, and it's not easy to go one on one against that guy. He's going to win now and again, but in certain key situations, he can't win. And, you know, the Bucks are driving. Brady's under pressure. He flips one out to Rashad White, who takes it for a first down. And the whole play is wiped out. Uh, this is an overtime. The whole play is wiped out because of a hands-to-face. And, yes, folks, it was hands-to-the-face. And the thing is, you know, he's trying to block Garrett, and I appreciate him not you know, doing everything he can to keep him off his quarterback. But it looked like he was in pretty good position that he didn't have to do that. You know, he could have put his hand in his chest, and he, I think he would have still blocked him. And, and it takes away the first down, and, you know, then they wind up not scoring. Um, it was stuff like that, man. And Donovan Smith, has, he had a horrible game against the Ravens. I know he's a little nicked up. I know he's hurt. Uh, he had the hyperextended elbow, I think, earlier this year. But, man, it, it was bad ball. Bad ball, bad ball, bad ball. Like, all the way around. And when you play bad, you're not going to win. You're not going to beat decent teams. You know, so I don't know where they go from here. Uh, Todd Bowles speaks today. Uh, you know, he'll be asked, and rightfully so, if he's going to make any changes on offense and the staff. I don't think he will. Um, they'll rehash the game and they'll say, well, we're, you know, one play here and we just do this and this. I get it. But it's not getting any better. And like I said, the two the aberrations are Germany. And week one at Dallas. Those are the only two games where they look like a complete football team and, and move the ball, particularly on offense. So, I don't know. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about college football while we get the chance. So no one can be happier in the Versnick household than you after that just monumental second half against Ohio State. And we'll get into this later in the week as well. But, like, just in general, I didn't, I didn't think that Michigan – could be that explosive and and run away the way they did. But I also credit or discredit, I should say, the Ohio State defense. What in Lord's name were you thinking? I mean, basically, Steve, they came into that game saying, you know what, you're not going to run the ball today. We're shutting down the run because we know that's what you want to do. And we will play. We will play man across the board. We will play single high. Like, we are so committed to the run that basically all your guys can run past us. We're going to let you do that. And they did, and they paid for it. You know? They paid for it, man. I mean, Michigan was hitting home runs, and then when they finally had to go back into cover two, they started running the ball on them. And the explosive plays, that's what surprised me, was how many explosive plays. They had, what, the 75-yard run, another one at least that long. It was incredible. And now I have just one question for you. When is Ohio State ever going to beat Michigan again? Well, they might get a chance in the college football playoff because other teams lost, <laughs> and right true. now they're going to be fifth. Is that unreal? Right. You can't get rid of them. I mean, uh, it, you know, with LSU losing and Clemson oh, losing. Such bad loss, those two. Um, those two losing. Ohio State's probably going to be fifth when it comes out Tuesday night. So Yeah, and they may find their way right back in it. Yeah. But yeah. It, that was a – that second half was a butt whooping. And that was – Oh, man. You talked about Todd Bowles coaching conservative – turtling mm-hmm. scared ryan day did the same thing they were tight ohio state ohio state and ryan day were so tight that he was tight and he made me feel tight watching him tight i can't imagine how what what kind of like vibe he put off to his players he coached scared he was scared mm-hmm. that's how he coached you know wasn't aggressive when he needed to be um yeah man i mean michigan and harbaugh took it to him there wasn't anything fancy about it, man. They just they made big plays after big plays. What a game for their quarterback, though. What a breakout for him. Well, and that was the whole thing is going in. It was can he make the deep pass because it hasn't worked in recent weeks. Could yeah. he throw the deep ball? And he did. Of course, when oh, your yeah. receivers are that wide open, you better be able to throw the deep <laughs> it's, ball. It's true. They're 25 yards behind the defense. I mean, really, it was, it was insane how many guys got behind that defense, and he just kept lobbing them up there. Mm-hmm. He, he he threw for three touchdowns, and at one point he had run for one, so he counted for four of the touchdowns, which is just remarkable in well, that game. And Michigan was so loose, they had a linebacker throw a jump pass for a first down. I, right? That was so cool. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, that's not necessarily what you, you know, look at Jim Harbaugh and think, you know, he's mm-hmm. the guy with the lampshade on his head. But, like, yeah, man, he came up, he dialed up the right things at the right time, and, and their defense was good. You know, like, they really um, – they competed, you know. It wasn't always perfect, but I mean, they got after C.J. Stroud, and mm-hmm. you know, to go into the to go into the, the horseshoe with all that was at stake. Two teams undefeated, really, a national championship is uh, kind of the path, and, and and to get the job done like that, it's just so impressed. Um, yeah, it was it was a it was a good game by the Harbaugh's. It definitely was, and uh, another good game, which I went to Saturday night afterwards. How about USF's comeback on UCF? They, I saw they, they where they didn't were down. finish it. They took the lead. Yeah. Late. Right. 
They were down 28 nothing in the first half. That's insane that they came back after Yeah, that. and they took a 39-38 lead in the fourth quarter. Unreal. Unreal. I mean, UCF got conservative, and then they started fumbling the ball all over the place. Right. Um, and, and, I mean, that was, that was exciting at Raymond James Stadium. For a team that's on an interim coach, no clue what's going to happen to everyone the next Third day. Third-string quarterback. Fourth-string, yeah. really. I mean, when you win Four, in Kansas, yeah. you're fourth-string. That's true. Because Timmy McLean was, you know, who transferred before the season, but he was your second string. That's fair, yeah. Your four-string quarterback, he played out of his mind. Uh, a couple catches in that last drive for UCF. They reviewed him, said call stands. But, you know, I mean, U- USF was so – but there's another coach, Daniel DePrado, who USF came back in that game and took a lead. And then you had the ball with like two and a half minutes to go. And you ran three straight plays straight up the middle and got no Ugh. yards. Like, you were dude, being creative. Be aggressive, okay. I mean, dude. You've got to run the ball there, no question. Right. Why are you running it straight up the gut when they know that's what you're going to do? I don't and then get you it. punted it back to them, and, and UCF went down the field and scored. I never punt it back to them. I don't get it. I mean, you know, like I said, run the ball, but run some jet sweeps. Run some, yeah, be creative. Be creative Just like man. you've been, the whole, the whole way you came back was being creative. Yeah. Spread them out, mm-hmm. you know, so they can't just all gang up in the box. Yep. Yeah, they went three straight plays up the middle, punted to UCF, and UCF marched down the field and, and won the game. They've lost some heartbreakers. when you, you That mm-hmm. one, Florida, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another game they played well in and, and didn't didn't win. Tulsa. So, yeah, Tulsa, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so. it was a good year for UCF, and they're off the AC title game. Mm-hmm. Um, for what it's worth, Florida Florida State was a great game on Friday night. Crazy! I couldn't game. stay up for it. Couldn't stay up for it because I had an early flight up here. Uh, as I sit here uh, in my hotel room um, in Cleveland, but uh, it looked like a great game and a great finish. And you know, Florida State, man, they're just a little bit better right now. You know, but it was entertaining. It seemed to matter. Um, the crowd was lit. Like it was a cool vibe, man. That was a cool atmosphere between those two. That's good, the way rivalry really games are supposed to be. I mean, the, the war on I-4, the Florida-Florida State game. Yep. I mean, it was great, exactly. great football, craziness, going mm-hmm. back and forth, the momentum. I mean, that's that's yep. what you want out of rivalry games. That's what you want out of college football. That's what it's about, yeah. And there, it was a rivalry weekend, and then LSU, they knocked themselves out of a national championship picture. Yeah, the conference championship weekend is uh, a little anticlimactic. I mean, it is now. The, the thought is Georgia goes to the playoff no matter what they do, even if they well, they're playing it. LSU in the, yeah. in the uh, you know yep. in Atlanta. The thought so. is Michigan goes to the playoff even if they lose. TCU probably needs to beat Kansas State to advance, and USC needs to win. Yes, yes, but yeah, the 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 conference championship games aren't as uh, dramatic as as they once anticipated them being. No. And that's unfortunate because you got the extra game and it's supposed to mean something. But, you know, you could always get an upset here or there. But it's starting it's starting to shape out a little bit, but it's still going to take the conference championships to figure out who the top four teams are. But I'm impressed by Harbaugh. I'm impressed by how he's turned it around, however he's done it. And, um, you know, yeah, it's good, man. Two in a row now for Michigan over Ohio State. Well, it's uh, the one thing, too, with, with Harbaugh, and it's a, it's a note to everybody. Patience can pay off if you have the right person. They can. You know, I mean, two years ago, they wanted to run him out of town. You took, well, a, you took want... a $4 million pay cut to stay. 
I know. And I, and I wonder now, though, too, because he flirted with Minnesota, and I mm-hmm. think the Vikings looked at him and said, uh, no, we're good here. And, and and he went back to Michigan with his tail between his legs. I mean, I didn't think they'd make it to a national championship round last year. I'm sure as heck thinking this is rare for them to go two years in a row. Do you think there's a chance that he tries to get back out in the NFL even after this year? Or the fact that it's going so well, does he say, oh, I'm kind of where I need to be? I think there'll be NFL teams that go after him. Yeah, always. I mean, he kind of said after last year, he's good where he's at. But, yeah. but you never say no. I mean, if the right opportunity's out there. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, you can't yeah. fault a guy for, let's say he wins a national championship this year. Yeah. You know, if he says, okay, I, I did that, now let me go go for that Super Bowl again where I got to there, but I didn't win it. That's the missing piece of his resume at this point, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's always that right opportunity for someone. I mean, my right. alma mater just lost Luke Fickle to Wisconsin. That's a tremendous opportunity for him. <laughs> oh, you know, all the Wisconsin football I have to watch, right? You know, you know all the 1950s mm-hmm. offenses I've seen in the, in the horrible quarterback play? Come on down, Luke, and bring your offense and a quarterback or two with you. What a great, and I don't know what he'll do, but I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb and say this is the best hire that Wisconsin has made in years, maybe since Barry Alvarez quit quit, quit coaching, to be honest with you. Uh, And I know Jim Leonard's disappointed, and I wanted him to get the job if they are going to stay in-house, which they didn't, and maybe he'll stay on as defensive coordinator, although I doubt it. Um, But this is a great, great, especially when you look at where Wisconsin is, right? Like Wisconsin is so close to being a, a, a dominant team um and they just need they just need better you know a better offensive scheme maybe a maybe a quarterback that can they can develop um so i'm i'm happy for the badger nation man like i i think luke's going to be great now there's a daisy chain there's a domino effect to this so now who ends up in cincinnati with that job well i mean it could be a number of i mean it could be some of the same guys going for the usf job Here's a name. How about Deion Sanders there? Cincinnati is an Under Armour school. They're an Under Armour school. There you go. And Deion's tied in with Under Armour. Mm-hmm. Um, that's possible. I mean, but also some of the names you hear at USF, Tom Herman. Yep. Could he go there? Absolutely. Sure. Uh, you know, the one thing, and I know Cincinnati fans are panicked and worried. The Makes Cincinnati sense. job was a good job six years ago when Fickle got hired, and the program was down at that time. It's a great job it's now. It's a much better job now. Going into the Big 12. I mean, your right. pool of who you can pull from has That's gotten huge. a lot bigger. Yeah. You know, so, and, and apparently, from what I understand, is he's been in the talks with the, the administration for a couple weeks now that he might leave. He was reached out to, apparently, by Nebraska and Wisconsin when their openings came out. You know, which one of the advantages of of getting rid of your coach midseason is you can start the search and start talking sure. to people. Absolutely. And so this hasn't caught the Cincinnati administration off guard. He didn't tell me he was definitely leaving and it was going to take the right opportunity. But there were phone calls. But but they this wasn't like they woke up Sunday morning like like what happened with uh, Oklahoma. Right. Lincoln Riley goes. And Lincoln yeah. Riley, you know, that, hey, by the way, I'm leaving. See ya. Deuces. Well, I'm going to take my Heisman quarterback yeah. with me. Yeah. I mean, this <laughs> is, is a, they, they've known yeah. about this for a few weeks. So my guess is they've already got a short list. Potentially, oh, yeah. maybe they've even talked to a, a, a few people that weren't affiliated somewhere at that point. 
Well, um, every AD better have a list, right? Well, yeah, sure, sure. But I mean, but you get a little more urgency to it. Maybe you even talk to some of those people that, sure. you know, if, uh, a Dan Mullen, uh, you know, those guys who aren't aren't employed by a team right. at this point. You know, you may have already mm-hmm. started to have conversations even. So, yeah, that's um, true. So we'll see what they you know come up with or you know start a national search, of course. Mm-hmm. So it'll it'll be interesting what they do there and and you know, but you know. Everywhere, Cincinnati fans. It's, look, Luke Fickle. The program was Tommy Tuberville had you know taken it off the rails for a few years. Luke Fickle came in and brought him to the college football playoff for the first time for a group of uh, you know non Power Five school. He left the program a lot better than he found it. One guy that didn't leave it any better is also gone. Willie Taggart. Talk about working your way down the ladder of success. Yeah, that's that's a rough he, one. The Owls let him go. And uh, so he he went from SF where he had was close to teetering on being fired, then caught fire with Quentin Flowers and had all that success. That mm-hmm. got him to Oregon, which he was only there for a little while. Got him to year. Florida State a year which because was, Florida State opened up. Because Florida State opened up, and that was a disaster. And then he's at FAU, and after several seasons, he gets fired down there. I don't know where uh, this guy would land if he wants to even stay in coaching, but. It probably won't be as a head coach. I don't know. Needs to go to the Nick Saban School of Rehabilitation. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Go stand on the sidelines, do some film work. You know, there's a lot of things you could do to make yourself better. But, um, yeah, it was a good weekend of college football, though. The games are good. Mm -hmm. I was disappointed the Alabama game wasn't close. That's another one where Hugh Freeze, the once banished (laughs) old Miss coach, I think it's uh, funny. There's some Auburn fans that are upset about Hugh Freeze based on his past. And you just go, but your basketball coach is Bruce Pearl. <laughs> exactly, man. <laughs> I mean, who are we kidding here? You know? And and the one and the guy you wanted is Lane Kiffin. Well, that too, yeah. You can open that closet, a few, few bones are going to fall out, aren't there? Am I wrong about that? Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I mean, Hugh Freeze did a great job at Ole Miss. I mean, you know, some reasons why he did a great job, but uh, he'll get a chance now at, at Auburn, and that you know that's a program that can win national titles and has the resources. So we'll see how he does there. Uh, I thought it was interesting that that he got blown out in his last game there at Liberty, though. <laughs> yeah, he did because he wasn't game planning. He was too busy talking to <laughs> to to teams like like Auburn, you know. It felt bad for Caddy. I wanted Caddy to go out on it with a bang. It's like if he beats Auburn they should, or Alabama, mm-hmm. they should just give him a job. Um, but that didn't happen. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a busy week in college football. I think uh, there's some transfer issues coming up by December fifth. So you're gonna see a lot of a lot of hirings here soon. Michael Kelly has said again he wants to have a coach in place by December fourth for USF because the transfer yeah. portal opens. Transfer on the portal opens, man. You got to have somebody. You got to know who they're playing for. So he said that well, during the football broadcast on. Uh, uh, Saturday night, so right, saw that. Yep. So it, it, yeah, it's a busy week. We'll get Matt Baker on this week, of course, to talk about it all, and we'll yeah. see who the 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 college football committee puts in their four teams this week. Assuming it's Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC. Mm-hmm. But I, I think really, what is who's who's fifth, who's sixth? Well, and listen, I you know I know Michigan blew them out, especially in the second half. But if you're Ohio State. And the only team you lost mm-hmm. to is Michigan. Mm-hmm. Should you be right there in the top four, man? Well, I, I, well, you're assuming someone else loses. I mean, 
I think well, I think TCU deserves to be in there. Okay, they're, they're still undefeated. Mm-hmm. And USC I mean, undefeated. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, here's the argument a lot of people are having. If you're assuming USC is is fourth, right. and assuming they win the Pac-12 championship, right? Ohio State lost by 22 at home. Mm-hmm. Alabama lost by a total of four points on the road in last second field goals. But they lost two games. Two games to teams that were highly ranked at the time, Tennessee yeah. and LSU. But it didn't on help the road. those on the road. It, de- it doesn't help that those two teams went south. That that definitely hurts them. Now, you know, yeah. Tennessee is some of their quarterback too, although they were getting blown out by South Carolina before that. Right. It it doesn't help. You so, know what helped Ohio State though is Clemson losing. Oh, Clemson losing and Notre Dame. And Notre Dame good for the second half of the year because I mean that's right. That was their big non-conference game. That's right. And you know, early in the season, it looked like woof. That's not a, that's not a very good game. Now they've gotten a lot better. Right. But yeah, Clemson losing and LSU losing. I mean, really, Alabama or Ohio State, they have a shot to get in. Whichever one the yeah, committee they. puts, you know, fifth and sixth. I think Ohio State will be fifth and Alabama sixth, but. Well, I, I because Alabama has two losses, I don't know that they'll make it back. It just depends. I mean, if they if they won the SEC and beat Georgia, you know, certainly. Um, but they're not going to play in the SEC tournament. So, I mean, it's going to be LSU no matter what against Georgia, and that mm-hmm. game now has lost its luster. Yeah. You know, LSU kind of ruined it. I mean, A&M, really, they were circling the drain. Think about this, though. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC. If those four advance mm-hmm. and go to the I'm okay play, with that. That means no Bama. Right. No Ohio State. Mm-hmm. No Clemson. Right. No Oklahoma. Three, almost that is four of the traditional four. Yeah. 20 of the 28 bursts in the college football playoff. Wow. None of them would participate this year. In the Parody, final baby. Love it. Now, Ohio State or, or Bama could get in, depending on the outcomes. But if, if, that, if that holds, right. none of those four teams who have dominated the playoff as far as making it. Are back. Would yeah. be in. Right. And just one SEC team, which would be Georgia. So. Yeah, Listen, I mean, Bama's I'm, the only one that's got a shot now, I think. I'm uh, I'm excited. I mean, it's kind of sad college football's wrapping up, but you do have the conference championships, which which obviously have implications going forward. Um, but uh, it's been a great college football season. I think uh, the Heisman, I think, was wrapped up, right? Um, I think. That's I mean, what, is it Caleb Williams at this point? Has to be. I mean, it's, I mean, he he struck the pose, right? So that's what you yeah, do. I mean, we'll we'll see what he does in the Pac-12 championship. Um, unless game, he but. has a horrible game in the Pac-12 championship, mm-hmm. there's no reason to not think he's that. He was that guy down the stretch. Um, made tons of plays with his feet and his arm. And there's you know there's a yeah buts on on all those other guys, right? Whether it's Young or CJ Stroud. I mean, there's there's a bunch of you know uneven play at times so mm-hmm. yeah i i think he did win it i think and, and and paul feinbaum said that on espn on sunday morning he's like look this is over you know this guy's guys won the heisman trophy yeah i mean had stroud beaten michigan that may have changed that blake corm didn't yep. play against ohio state or played two snaps and couldn't go he was re-injured yeah you know he needed that game to to really elevate his status his candidacy, I mean, he was, yeah. you know he's up there but he needed that game yep I mean, you I got agree. Bryce Young. You got the the quarterback from North Carolina too, but some of their losses down the stretch haven't helped. No. No, and and, and look, Bryce Young's a stud. <laughs> He's an absolute stud. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that guy. Of, of all the quarterbacks, I think Williams is a, is a real NFL talent too right now. But of all the quarterbacks, man, that is just a problem, <laughs> it's young. You know, mobile, incredibly accurate, strong arm, and even better leader. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, out of that mold of, you know, Jalen Hurts and those guys kind of in a way. But um, I like him a lot, a whole lot. Somebody's going to get a good quarterback and – might be a couple teams in the NFC South trying to vie for that yeah. position. I don't know. Your uh, your boy Lovey's going to have uh, some quarterbacks to pick from. Uh, don't go leading the charge, or or will he? Because maybe Lovey is there just to be the patsy. I don't know. You know, do they fire Lovey, or do they say, "Hey, thanks for biting the bullet," and who do you want us to take? Who knows? Well, I guess yeah. we'll find out. We'll know soon. <laughs> We'll know soon if he's on part of the Black Monday that's coming up here uh, when all the firings happen around the NFL, and there will be some, I assure you. Maybe some even closer than you realize. I don't know. I don't know how this season's going to turn out for the Bucks. I really don't. Um, this is not what, what they expected from Todd Bowles. It's not what he expected from himself. Uh, They're sitting here already with six losses, uh, and they're running out of games. So, yeah, man, it was... Uh, it was not good. No bueno. And, it, again, it wasn't just one play, but one play certainly changed the game. Hey, just want to remind you guys to visit May Electric Solar if you want some help with your electric bill. They are the solar energy experts. You get 30-year labor and services warranty. You get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. Uh, start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. Get a free estimate. Lower your electric bill. And start saving today, 727-819-2862. And the lightning on the road uh, in Boston and Buffalo, right? The Buffalo tonight, Boston tomorrow night, then Philly on Thursday. So a three-game road oh, trip wow. here. Uh, they played well Friday against the Blues on uh, on, on uh, Black Friday there. Um, big did. win there. So Rudy Bowser's went down, left the game, didn't return. So we'll see his status this week. Uh, but, yeah, back-to-back games for the Lightning tonight on the road. Boston, of course, off to that incredible start. They haven't lost a home game all year. They're 12-0 at home. That's the record in the NHL for most home wins to start a season. So, yeah. uh, But first, you get Buffalo tonight, then uh, Boston. Boston, the Boston Bruins. Uh, looks like the Celtics are playing really well at home again. I don't know what the Red Sox are going to do, but the pressure's on, man. We'll see if they can uh, win some championships up there as well. So we'll be uh, talking to Todd Bowles today and listening to him try to explain why he put this, the timeouts in his pocket. Maybe he'll still have them and bring it to the press conference with him. I don't know. Uh, but be on hand for that. You can read all of that in the Tampa Bay Times on TampaBay.com. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 